Welcome to this week's edition of the Dan Rayburn Podcast, the show that curates the streaming media industry news that matters most, unvarnished, unscripted, and providing you with the factual data you need to know without any of the hype. The Pulse of the Streaming Media Industry. Welcome to the Dan Rayburn Podcast. I am Dan Rayburn, along with my co-host Mark Donegan. Mark, hello. Happy Friday. Another happy podcast Friday. in. Yeah, happy Friday, Dan. So let's get started on some news here. We're going to recap just some some news of the week. Uh, nothing too surprising here. It was actually kind of a quiet week, which was which was nice for a change. Yeah, uh, we're recording this on Friday, December 9th, but uh, yesterday, on uh, Thursday, December 8th, uh, Disney rolled out its Avod service. That's right. So finally, after after all this talk, um, all the all the rumors we've heard, and we have had pricing for a while, of course, but Disney's Avod service is is now out at eight dollars a month, launched in the U.S. only. We should put that caveat in there. We'll come to other regions in 2023, but U.S. only, uh, with more than 100 advertisers across all major categories at launch. That was something that Disney put out in the press release, and and also gave us a good indication months ago that they'd signed up a lot of advertisers. So, Mark, I don't know if you've had a chance to take a look at it. I have played with it a little bit. I haven't had too much time, but so far, the the biggest thing I really wanted to see was if they had any problems with ad triggering, which so far I have not seen. Interesting. I, I've not had a chance to look at it, so I, I can't say I have experience there. So that's good though. There's. Yeah. Triggering is to me from some of the services I've seen in the past now, especially live, which this isn't tends to be where there's some issues. Yeah, that's right. Insertion of the ads. I've already gotten a lot of uh, questions from people just are you seeing the same repetitive ad like we see in a lot of other services and good question but honestly i haven't watched enough yeah to really keep track you you you're not sick of seeing jeep cherokee ads it seemed like for a while that was like like jeep chrysler must have bought up all the inventory across the uh, that was the one you saw no that wasn't i i was seeing another one frequently but it wasn't a car commercial no this is yeah this is a couple years ago but uh yeah okay it was like it was it was like jeep cherokee or chrysler ads you know yeah yeah sometimes people say i don't agree with it but sometimes people say they're just reinforcing the brand but to me that's just brand burnout yeah yeah I, I saw that so much on, on YouTube, just regular YouTube, not YouTube live, but just regular old free YouTube. I did a blog post. I think it was probably two or three years ago now, Mark, where I watched a hundred videos straight and I think it was 92 pre-roll commercials were all the same. Oh, wow. Yeah. For the same brand. And it, it was like a car or something like yeah. that. And then after I saw that, I was like, I would never buy that vehicle. <laughs> exactly. I just enough already. <laughs> oh boy. But we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, I will start looking for reviews or comments, I should say, from users this weekend. I did check out just before the podcast Disney's support page um, through Twitter yeah, just to see if anybody's complaining and they're asking for help and all kinds of other things as expected with a service at large, yeah. but nothing tied to the ads. So one thing I want to point out, which I think our listeners will appreciate, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems pretty clear uh, reading. The ad supported tier includes 4K, Dolby Vision, IMAX. I I mean, 
right? This is the IMAX full, enhanced. IMAX yeah, enhanced. IMAX yeah. enhanced. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, which is special because Netflix ad supported, at least at this stage, does not include 4K. Correct. So, correct. Yeah, yeah. D- Disney is. If we're talking about the what's called the video quality experience, has the entire experience with the ad supported tier of the yes, year. You're exactly. right on that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's worth uh, pointing out. Yeah, yeah. You're still getting the same experience just with ads. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Netflix, so let's go into that. There's just a little bit of Netflix news out, but uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is you have so many in the industry or the media that is telling Netflix what they should do. (laughs) Well, Netflix can't win unless they get into sports. I mean, we've seen that by analysts, a lot of Wall Street analysts. We've seen that by members of the media. So, uh, you know, Netflix, Ted came out just uh, in the last couple of days at at a conference and he said, quote, we've not seen a profit path to renting big sports. We're not anti-sports, we're just pro-profit. I love the way he put that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great quote. <laughs> that is awesome. So, you know, he was asked about, well, you're doing the Chris Rock stand-up special live sometime next year. Yeah. Uh, so he did say that they will employ live programming for, quote, things that are creatively benefited by live. Yeah. So it's exactly right. You're using the platform and your viewership and, and the medium for the content that is best suited for that. So this idea that Netflix can't compete yeah. or can't win the streaming wars, which I hate that term. Oh, yeah. War is a bad thing. Competition yeah. is not. Yeah. But the fact yeah. that people think they can't win, um, they already do win. And they win because they're the only service in the market we know of that is free cash flow positive. Yeah. They have That's more right. subscribers than anyone else in the world as a standalone service. They're in more countries than anybody. And when are we ever on our show, Mark, or when do you ever hear on any other show or even read online that Netflix had an outage? Rarely. So they've also built a service with quality at scale. Now, there are times here or there where Netflix, just like everybody else, does have a technical issue. Sure. But it's very infrequent. Yeah. So I, I love the fact that they were extremely open on the sports licensing model. And frankly, it shouldn't surprise anybody because... Think of what Disney said a couple months ago when they came out and they said, well, we're no longer going to bid any higher on the digital rights for IPL for cricket, which they used to have on Hotstar because it just didn't make the most sense for shareholders. What they're saying there nicely is we don't think we can make money on it. Oh, so they're pro profit as well. Uh, yeah, because they're not a non-profit. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like all yeah. these companies, they have to do the best thing for their yeah. bottom line for P and L. Now, that said, we obviously know for a couple years with the streaming services, it was grow at all costs. We're going to yeah, lose billions sure, of dollars. Sure. We knew that. Yeah, yeah, and and they also they said that too. You Correct. Know, and, and I think that's important. But I want to circle back around to, you know, the arm armchair quarterbacking that seems to happen a lot. And this whole notion that sports is, you know, is either going to be the savior or without sports, there's no way you can survive, you know, or, you know, this whole um, theme uh, that does get put out there. And it's very clear. I also like what Ted Sarando said, you know, we can get twice as big without sports 
<laughs> you know, so if you can do that and if you can do that without having to spend as much money or get there faster, or whatever, I don't think he was so explicit, but, um, then, you know, um, what's wrong with that? So, yeah, nothing, that's, nothing. Uh, and and yeah. he, he, to your point, yes, he said they can get much larger without sports. Now, how large can you get over what period of time? Do you still keep profitability? Those are all yeah, exactly. Unknown questions, of course. Explicit but your point is that. is really you know valid and, and important, which is sports isn't the be all to end all. That's right. We have not had any streaming service come out to date and tell us that sports is what's driving new subscribers. Yeah, we've got no information from Amazon on the impact of Prime overall. That's We're right. never going to get that either. By the way. Um, what is Apple's deal Friday with Major League Baseball, Friday Major League Baseball games? Sure. We don't know. What is it going to be with MLS? MLS don't know. Yeah. Do we really think Apple's going to give us a lot of subscription information from MLS next year? No. Yeah. I'd be shocked if they did. But even if they did, let's say they came out and said, we have a million subscribers. Okay. Is that profitable? Yeah. Don't know. Now, yeah. flip side is profitability the only way to measure success of a streaming service? No. When it's standalone like Netflix, it absolutely is. Yeah. When it's something like Apple TV Plus, no, we all know it's part of a larger ecosystem play. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, here's here's Netflix saying, listen, sports for us just doesn't make sense. We've seen that now with Disney. You know, they're not the only two that say sports is extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. But that was that was interesting to hear them talk about talk about it or Ted talk about it so openly. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, there's another piece of Netflix news, um, or 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 it's um, uh, related to Netflix that I want to bring up. Uh, that is that you know Netflix made an announcement last uh, about a month ago, uh, in fact. But uh, I'm finding that not everybody knows about this uh, about adopting GPAC, which is a whole new framework for how they are packaging and streaming content. And it frankly is what enables them to move to live. And so I don't know if everybody has seen this. I've been talking to some uh, folks in the industry recently, as in like yesterday, who were not aware of this and uh, were under the impression that Netflix is still, you know, uh, a VOD only platform and built on, you know, it's old frameworks. So I think, yeah, you know, we, we may not have covered that. I did do a, a blog post about you that. You did a blog post, but I on the podcast. You're we right. We didn't cover that. Yeah. 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 So th- I thought that was interesting too. So Motion Spell is who Netflix did the deal That's with. Right. And Motion Spell is the commercial licensor of, of GPAC. Of GPAC, yeah. And um, basically they they worked for 18 months with Netflix to, to phase it into uh, Netflix worldwide content operation. So, you know, m- what Mark's saying is here is, you know, it's giving Netflix a lot of flexibility to adopt new technologies, uh, including things tied to the AV1 packaging that they're doing. That's right. Um, so they can move faster than a lot of competitors with that. And, and also to your point, Mark, it, it is also tied to live. That's right. So when they want to do interactivity, like we saw with Bandersnatch, um, live streaming, they can experiment with new codecs. It, basically the GPAC solution enables it. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um, so I, I, I thought that was worth mentioning as well that, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. We never did cover that in the blog post, but it is interesting to, to me, what I spelled out in, in the blog was just 
how far ahead Netflix is in many cases with a lot of different technologies they're adopting at scale, right? Any, anyone can just say, oh, well, we've got that in-house or we've got that in a lab. Okay, now roll that out over 200 million plus subscribers. Yeah. yeah. Or a service, I should say, tied to 200 million plus subscribers. Yeah, that's right. So extremely interesting to see what they've done there. And they've been working on it for 18 months. Uh, you know, like I say, I, I had the opportunity just in the last couple of days. So very, very recently to talk to some, you know, very, um, you know, seasoned veterans in the industry who did not know about this. And, you know, we were talking just in general about trends, et cetera. And, you know, the observations are, well, Netflix could never or would never. And I said, Really? <laughs> Maybe you should get updated because they actually have in place right now a very capable and very flexible framework that gives them a lot of flexibility, you know, moving forward. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and- not just flexibility, but speed. And I think speed, I also exactly. mentioned in the blog post that um, Facebook actually recently did a blog post uh, where they were talking about how they leverage GPAC. Yes. in the M4 box to yes. to alleviate Instagram video compute times by 94%. Yeah. So yeah. this this isn't new to your point. You've yeah. got some others out there, but when you have Netflix and you got Facebook talking about it for Instagram, yeah. clearly there's something going on here that's super positive to business. Now, Mark, what we don't know is Netflix doesn't openly communicate about the cost effectiveness of their business. Sure, sure. Um, you know, to, there's value in, in the cost efficiency, but we don't necessarily know this is a cost yeah. issue. It might be just a quality issue, but uh, there's definitely, I think, a cost benefit for them as well because open source software is free. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't even want to begin to comment because I don't know. And even if I did, I, I, I probably couldn't share. So about whether it was a cost move, I actually highly doubt that it was necessarily related to that. It really was the fact that, you know, you think about the legacy nature of how the platform was built. It was a file based workflow. And, and, you know, now it was a very good one. It was very stable, but you know, it did not give them the flexibility. I do not know if part of even being able to do the ads, um, you know, the AVOD tier, you know, if that was enabled by GPAC, if that was not possible with the previous framework, I really don't know. Um, but certainly I know that live would not have been a part of the previous platform. Correct. That's Um, true. So, you know, so right there and, you know, look, are we saying, oh, wow, then they're going to adopt sports? No, Ted Sarandos is very clear about that, but, you know, and it makes sense, but uh, are there some opportunities, you know, for Netflix to, you know, do some other live premieres and other things? I, I think, you know, and also again, Reed Hastings, you know, he came out and I think we talked about this last week where he basically said, Hey, look, you know, I got this whole, like, no advertising on Netflix thing wrong, you know, like I got it wrong. You know, we, we probably should have moved more quickly to that. So, uh, Hey, who knows? Uh, Netflix is smart. They're very dedicated. They're, they're, they're really doing some innovative things. They have 200 million subscribers. Um, people love the service. Um, they, yeah. And they'll do more live. It's only a matter of time. Innovate. Yeah, the, the, they'll they'll have more programming, like they said, that makes sense for the platform. And to your point, also, there were some people when they heard about the Chris Rock special said, well, Netflix can't do this. Yes, they can. Their network right. supports live today. I don't exactly. I don't know why you're under the yeah. impression it can't just because they're doing SVOD. Yeah. It absolutely can. Um, you also the folks who said, well, you know, it'll take 12 months to 18 months for Netflix to add 
advertising to be able to do that. No, it was less than no. six months from when they That's announced right. it. So, That's right. um, you know, live one-off comedy special, they're handling that now. If they were doing Sunday NFL ticket, that's a whole different story, right? That's not what we're talking about here. But yeah, I, I would just say those that think Netflix, you know, infrastructure can only support VOD, definitely not the case. And speaking of Netflix, uh, Friday, December 9th here, we're recording this. Wells Fargo upgraded their stock. Uh, Cohen up their price target as well. So Netflix shares were up 5 to 6% today. Uh, last I checked, uh, when the when the bell closed, yeah. um, market closed at, at 4 p.m. Uh, so uh, I, I read both notes. <laughs> I always think these notes are kind of funny because both analyst firms basically said that uh, because Netflix launched their ad-supported tier, that's their, quote, key catalyst for growth. <laughs> like, all right, well, how do you define that? Well, some yeah. of them did. Yeah. So uh, one of them suggested that ad-supported tier will drive around 23 million new incremental subs but then their target date was 2025 yeah so it's like all right three years out and then another one suggested it would add 20 million but it would be by 2026 it's like all right you're completely guessing now when you're talking four years out yeah now i I get that that's what some of these analysts have to do Uh, another one said the key drivers for for netflix next year new monetization levers yeah avod yeah lower priced ad tier right uh, page sharing solution launching globally in 23. Well, first of all, we don't know exactly when that's launching or where or what time uh, or how many subs it'll impact or what it's going to look like. So I think it's a little early to be talking about what the page sharing solution might do to the business. Yeah, We have to have more information on that. But uh, Netflix stock certainly doing a lot better than it uh, than it's been doing previously. So today, let's see, it closed up. So by the end of the end of the day, it closed a little bit lower than it was previously. So it was up uh, just over three percent. So it was up nine dollars and seventy five cents. Yeah. But earlier in the day, it was it was much higher. So that's good for Netflix. The stock price is moving it up is. once it again. Is. Yeah. Uh, Peacock is another one to mention here, Mark, briefly, only because uh, NBC Universal's CEO came out at uh, the UBS tech conference and said that Peacock now has more than 18 million paid subscribers. Hmm. So it's up a couple million, three million, I believe, from previous quarter. But he also commented that the ad market is deteriorating over the past month. Yeah. And in particular, he said, quote, after worsening steadily over the last six months, advertisers like the rest of us are trying to figure out where the economy is going and are holding back. So uh, their stock took a hit. No surprise. He also said regarding the streaming business versus broadcast TV, and you constantly see them compared, obviously, one to the other. He said, quote, we believe in the premium video ad supported dual revenue stream, essentially broadcast and cable on streaming driven by key programming. The flip side is it's still a giant business. It's just balancing balancing out the two businesses. Yeah. And he's right. It's a dual revenue stream. Absolutely. You have more distribution, different ways to put content on in front of users. So I, I've always obviously felt one is not better than another. It's a compliment to it. Yeah. You know, there was this, this rhetoric, um, 
you know, 10 or 15 years ago that no one wants to watch ads. Uh, everything is going to go well, you know, for a while is everything's going to go free. You know, of course that's when a lot of content was just stolen, pirated. Um, and then it's like, okay, you know, I can pay, um, you know, a fairly low monthly fee. I can get access to everything I want to watch. So that was the SVOD model. Right. And now we're seeing with the AVOD, they're actually dual revenue streams. Like these aren't free, you know, um, Disney's ad tier is still seven ninety nine a month. Right. Yeah. It's still eight bucks. You know, yeah. it's still eight bucks. Netflix is $7. So. I think it's pretty clear that we're going to end up settling on basically the pay TV model, you know, where we paid for cable, um, but you still had ads. It was dual revenue. Uh, it sure seems like that's, you know, that's, that's the model. Certainly some are going to not surprising. We want to, I think they want to give consumers more choice in the market, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but the advertising numbers are really interesting to watch because yes, they are. A lot of times when they're talking advertising too, they're talking advertising across broadcast TV, yeah, not necessarily streaming, but Paramount, their CEO came out and said just a few days ago that advertising revenue for Q4 is going to come in, quote, a bit below the numbers seen in the third quarter. And based on that, the stock was down 7% that day on the news. Uh, he also said, quote, the current market is challenging and we're in it every day. That challenges both on the linear side and digital side. We had looked for some improvement in some sectors, but we haven't seen that, end quote. So think about that. He's basically just saying the same thing yeah. on both the linear side, broadcast TV, and digital. Uh, their ad revenue, Paramount's, declined 2% in Q3. So we already started seeing that from their business in Q3. He also confirmed that the company is still on track with their planned content spend, which is about $2 billion this year, growing to $6 billion in 2024. Interesting. But more news on the advertising side, which I don't, I don't really think surprises uh, anybody who's watching what's going on in the market. Also, that doesn't necessarily mean it impacts everybody. We don't know how yeah. much advertising inventory Netflix actually has for sale, but if it's not a lot to start, there's a good chance they sell that out. Sure. Sure. Maybe to higher CPM. So yeah. we have to watch those things in the new year. Uh, two or three other things, Mark, is uh, this one was interesting. So Sports Pro Media, uh, they reported that the NFL allowed Caesars to live stream a low latency feed. Uh, the game was the Colts against the Cowboys, uh, and it was in the uh, Caesars Sportsbook app. Hmm. I haven't been able to get any information from anybody about what they define as, quote, low latency. Yeah, exactly. Or who who was powering this, you know, what, yeah, the powering stuff I'm not, I'm not as interested in cause it's a very small audience, but low latency and obviously ultra low latency. Yeah, sure, sure. We all know that's, that's a big difference. Um, and, and why did the NFL allow just one game? My guess is it was just a test, a test yeah. see how it works. Uh, but just one game. Now I was able to confirm that from what I was told from a source, the NFL, that there's not another game that's going to do that this year. Mm. Okay. So uh, could that change? I don't know. But why did you allow the Colts and the Cowboys? Like, why that game? Yeah. <laughs> don't know. But interesting, something to keep an eye on because we haven't seen any streams like that inserted into Caesars or someone else's betting app like that before. So I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that one, but I'm also just 
calling around and digging around with some some others just in terms of what they know regarding that deal. Yeah, let us know because I I'd be really curious. You know, was this a, a WebRTC? You know, uh, under a second, or was this you know um, low latency HLS? Yeah, I I think I'll know, get details on the technology, second, you know, so. but I'm I'm frankly more interested on the business side of this than the technology. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Like why, why now? Why one game? Yeah. Because if you're really testing something, if you want to get some data, an analysis of, of maybe what it looks like, one game is not enough. Yeah. So bit of an odd one. Um, let's see. Another one was uh, HBO Max. Folks that are watching the news every day, they probably know that HBO Max is now back on Prime Video channels. That's right. Uh, in the U.S. only uh, for $15 a month. So previously about 5 million subscribers uh, for HBO Max that signed up through Prime Video. So the new deal between Amazon and Warner will also extend to the newly combined HBO Max slash Discovery Plus service that some are saying is going to be called just Max. We don't have complete confirmation on that yet from Warner Bros. Discovery. Yeah. But this will cover uh, the launch of whatever the new service is called uh, next year. And it's it's a multi-year deal. So interesting just to see the the change there because there was obviously the spat between Amazon and uh, Warner Media previously about who's sharing what data with one another and mm-hmm. then it getting pulled from there and okay they're losing five million everyone's saying all right well they lost five million subscribers well they lost five million through Amazon but it doesn't mean that some of those people didn't sign up direct yeah that's right so we don't actually know exactly how many subscribers they lost we need a little bit more time to see how the numbers shake out. But I think it's a good deal, even if Amazon is taking the usual cut of around 30% on those deals we've seen in the past, uh, the numbers that have been leaked out, even if they're taking 30%, I still think it gets HBO Max better distribution. Yeah. And when you see Disney Plus cutting a deal with, I should say Walt Disney Corp cutting a deal for Disney Plus in a wholesale agreement, they're getting a 25 to 30% discount anyway. Sure. So it's it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Uh, another one, Mark, is uh, two, two quick things. We'll just end on here. One is the SEC released new guidance yesterday that now requires companies that issue securities to disclose to investors what their exposure and risk is to the cryptocurrency market. <laughs> surprise, I thought that was surprise. awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, look, even if you're Disney, whoever you are, uh, if you're investing or you have an investment arm or something tied to cryptocurrency, you're going to have to disclose what your um, what your exposure is, what your risk is. Yeah. 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 I thought that was awesome. I love that. Uh, And then sort of another regulatory thing here is the FTC uh, basically has filed an antitrust case against Microsoft to challenge their attempt to acquire Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, FTC commissioners voted three to one to move forward with the complaint. So uh, we're not going to go into detail on this, um, but, you know, Microsoft came out right away and just said, look, we think we're going to win in court. We think we have a strong case. We've already told the FTC that we're willing to make uh, all kinds of, of, you know, agreements of whatever you want as far as being neutral to anybody. They mentioned Nintendo and Sony. They're not going to restrict Call of Duty and, they basically said they would do anything that was required that the FTC asked for them to pass the deal. So Microsoft seems extremely open on this. 
from from all the pundits I've been watching on CNBC and others who, from a legal side, obviously know way more than what I do, or what I know, is that um, the FTC thinks they have a strong case. But I was also told that, and I think these numbers have come out, that when it comes to the lawyers the FTC has versus Microsoft, mm -hmm. that the FTC is being basically outgunned 20 to 1. Yeah, on, on legal <laughs> lawyers and time and, and wow, okay, so that's that's a lot. And then also, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was somebody who was formerly at the FTC as a commissioner who was on CNBC talking. It was very interesting because here's someone obviously with prior experience sure. in that role. And one of the things they were saying is many times, even if the FTC thinks they can't win, the reason they're doing this is just to try and plant that seed in some companies' minds of... Well, don't even try and do a deal because we're going to challenge yeah. it. Yeah. And they actually have six cases that they referenced that they talked about on CNBC about, well, you know, this deal, these two companies initially announced it and then we're like, eh, we don't want to go through the FTC approval yeah, process. Sure, we'll sure. pull back. So yeah. you wonder how much of this is, is really just yeah. more or less wanting to uh, keep companies from trying to get too big. But, but here's the key takeaway, I think, Mark, for listeners is gaming is just another form of entertainment. Yes. That's all it is. And we now see companies that are in the streaming business also tied into the gaming business, including That's right. Netflix. That's right. Including Apple. So interesting just where this plays out because this could have a ramification or impact down the line in the streaming space if the FTC wins this case. Yeah. We don't know the impact is my point. So too early to predict anything. But uh, something interesting, definitely to keep keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. So, Mark, with that, I think let's let's uh, let's wrap this right now. Uh, I'm actually let's get recording you out of your car. Yeah, I'm recording this podcast <laughs> in my car, in my garage, because I've got work going on in the house. But so. you do not have the car running. I hope. Uh, I do not have no, <laughs> no. I, I enjoy my life, so no. Yeah, that's right. Good, good. Uh, hopefully, the audio is not too bad. But uh, no, we covered good. some some. Quick news this week. Next week, we'll be back with some additional news that I know is coming out, some releases and whatnot. So we'll have some good things to to dig into just two weeks before the holiday about. Sounds good. Uh, but any questions, reach out to Mark and I. Uh, thanks to, of course, to Agora, who's been sponsoring us almost from day one. AGORA.io. Check them out. And then all the numbers we talked about, Mark, they're already up on LinkedIn and Twitter. So anyone has any questions, they can check that out. Um if you'd like additional information from Mark and I and some of these stories we're talking about, there are some additional links. If you really kind of uh, dig down into multiple articles, we can uh, send them to you as well. So just hit us up on, on LinkedIn and we'll reach out to you. So with that, uh, Mark, thank you for your time. We appreciate everyone for listening. We'll talk to all of you in the next show. Have a great rest of your week. If you enjoyed the show, send it to a friend. Have questions for Dan or Mark? Connect with them on LinkedIn at any time. And be sure to check out Dan's blog at streamingmediablog.com.